are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. An unbelievable Thursday show for you. The Texas Rangers are World Series champions. I can't believe it. And pretty much nobody in the Dallas-Fort Worth area can believe it either. But we'll go over the Rangers win, the historical statistics that go along with it. Just unbelievable. We're also going to talk about the college football playoff rankings that came out earlier this week. Didn't even talk about that the other day. We're going to talk about some NFL stuff and some gambling-related notes uh, towards the end. So we will get to all that momentarily. So it happened. For the first time in 63 years, the Texas Rangers are your World Series champions And as unlikely as it would have been if the Arizona Diamondbacks won the World Series this year, it's just as bizarre that the Texas Rangers did. It really is. We've gone over a lot of the statistics, but in case you missed it, this is a team that lost 102 games in 2021. This is a team that hasn't been over 500 since 2016. This is the team that went out after the pandemic, after the 27 strike shortened season, or pandemic shortened season, went out and spent a half a billion dollars on two players, the two guys that anchor their lineup right at the top, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Corey Seager, a former World Series MVP with the Dodgers during their 2020 World Series title, which probably should have an asterisk next to it, and Marcus Simeon, a guy that just literally plays every day. Guy doesn't miss games, and he just produces. And those two guys at the top of the lineup all year long set the table. And, you know, it's funny that I say this is an unlikely World Series champion. And I think it is for the sole reason, like, people on the outside looking in, like, who are the Texas Rangers? Yeah. You know, they've never had a lot of postseason presence. They've never won a World Series title. Like, you can look at it. But if you look at this year's team, I don't know if a lot of you remember this. But three months ago, during the American League All-Star Game, do you realize the Texas Rangers had five starters in the American League All-Star Game in the lineup? Over half the lineup was Texas Rangers. Simeon, Seager, Adolis Garcia, Josh Young, and Jonah Heim all started in the All-Star Game for the American League. And in the second inning, when they brought in Nate Evaldi to pitch for the American League, That means the Rangers had six players out there in the field. That's only been done two other times in the history of baseball. So it's not like they didn't have guys that produced this year. They were one of the best offensive teams all year. It was their pitching that was killing them and their bullpen and the fact that they had a lot of injuries. Corey Seager missed almost 50 games this year. You know, Josh Young missed, I think, six weeks. Maybe it was eight weeks. Right after the All-Star game, hurt his wrist. And he was out until, the what, the last couple weeks of the season. Jonah Heim missed about a month. Like, this is a team, not to mention, the guy they went out and signed this past offseason to pitch for them, Jacob DeGrom, had six starts all year. They, they just could not stay healthy. But... Let's not say it's the most nondescript team to ever win the World Series because, like I said, three months ago, they had six All-Stars on the field. So good players, 
Did you expect them to do this? Did anyone expect them to win every single road game they played in the playoffs this year and go 11-0? and Absolutely not. Nobody did. Because it's never been done in the history of baseball. I mean, it was just ridiculous what they did. Nate Evaldi won the game last night, six scoreless innings, and he was basically fighting traffic on the bases every single inning. Just Houdini act he pulled out there. Arizona Diamondbacks should be kicking themselves. I think they went 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position through the first six innings last night. They were terrible. They could have easily beaten the Rangers 6-7-1 to last night or whatever. You don't know how many runs the Rangers would have scored if the D-backs go up and start driving runs in in the early innings. They had runners on the – they had ducks on the pond every inning from one through six, and Nate Evaldi got out of all of it. Rangers score on the top of the seventh. That got him the win because they never give up the lead after that. He got five wins in the postseason. That's only been done four times in the history of baseball now. Francisco Rodriguez did it with the Angels. Randy Johnson did it with the Diamondbacks. And Steven Strasburg did it with the Nationals. So now you can throw Nate Evaldi in there as only four pitchers in the history of baseball to have five wins in a postseason. It's just an absolutely incredible story from a franchise that just has never done dick when it comes to baseball and postseason. This is a team that went to -to back-to-back World Series 12 years ago and was one out away in Game 6 in St. Louis from winning it 12 years ago. And I don't know if any of you remember that, but all I got to say is four words. David Freeze, Nelson Cruz. I mean, you talk about a gut punch. The Rangers were one out away 12 years ago from winning the World Series. And a fly ball to right field that was misplayed by Nelson Cruz is the reason they didn't win it 12 years ago. But it's all redeemed now. So cool to see this team win the title. And I'm not sitting here jumping on any sort of bandwagon. I told you, I don't get attached to teams. I grew up a Laker and Dodger fan. I was attached as a kid. Once I got older and I became an adult, I've told you this probably many times on the Sports Daily, I don't have jerseys. I don't have memorabilia. I'm just a huge sports nut, huge sports fan. I just love watching sports, consuming it, talking about it. But I'm not a sports nerd, and I don't let outcomes affect my mood. And... It's just it's just one of those things, and maybe maybe because I don't have a favorite team and can separate myself from that. I understand there are people out there that live and die by their teams. I I, I understand there are people out there that do that. I can't quite get there and understand how you could be so attached to a team to where it affects your mood, and you scream and yell at the TV and get mad. And you know, I'm talking as an adult, as a child, absolutely, because I was that way with the Dodgers and Lakers. It would affect my mood if they lost. But you know, once you grow up, you're just like, okay, it's sports. It's just it's as I say at the end of every podcast, it's the best reality show on television. You can't script what the Rangers just did this postseason. Nobody saw this coming. And I, you know, I've told you all season long, especially in the second half of the season, I had a bet on them to win the World Series that I put in a week after pitchers and catchers reported back in February. I didn't think they were going to win the World Series. I just did that for fun. I thought they were definitely going to win more than 82 and a half games. So once that bet won, I was just like playing with house money at that point with my win the pennant bet and win the World Series bet. It's the biggest bet I've ever won. 
in terms of odds. Now, I should clarify that by say sports odds because I did win a thousand to one bet at the craps table one time, betting the fire bet at the Rio Hotel back in 2015, 2016. That paid a thousand to one, but the max you could put on it was 10 bucks. But that's the most odds I've ever won on a single bet. This one, 48 to one. They were 48 to one before the season to win the World Series. And I didn't think in a million years. My whole thinking was. They're going to win over 82 and a half games, so that might be good enough to get them into the playoffs. Then once they're in, if they could just get to the ALCS, then I could maybe hedge my bet. And they got there, and I didn't hedge. <laughs> so, And then they got to the World Series, and I didn't hedge because I was like, I, I think this is a team of destiny now. 11-0 and on the road will never be done again in baseball history. I can guarantee you that right now. I don't know how they did it because unless – Baseball in 20, 30, 40, 50 years changes the way the playoffs are and makes the first round series a seven game series. The way, you know, if they make the wild card a seven game series and don't give anybody a buy, and then make the LDS a seven game series and then make the LCS a seven game series and the World Series a seven game series, I guess somebody can technically go 11 and 0. But the Rangers played the max amount of games you could play on the road. Didn't they? Because they were the road team in the wild card. And they could only, you know, they won the first two in Baltimore, or excuse me, in Tampa. Then they, best three out of five, they were the, um, I guess technically they could have, if in the the, uh, Baltimore series, they won the first two in Baltimore. They came home and won game three, series over. They swept them. I guess technically they could have lost games three and four at home and gone back and won game five. Then they would have had five road wins. They won all four road games in in Houston, and they had three road games that they won in this series. So, yes, I guess 12 would be the max they could have won on the road, and they ended up winning 11. 11 and 0 on the road. 11 and 0 when they scored first. 9 and 1 when they out homered the team. <laughs> you can't make it up. But I'm a happy man. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Parade is on Friday. This city is very, very excited, to say the least. We didn't even talk about the college football playoff rankings that were released on Tuesday night. And look, they really don't mean a hell of a lot of anything right now because it's the first one that released of the season. We still have four games left, and so much can happen in four weeks. However, when you look at the breakdown of it, Ohio State's one, Georgia's two, Michigan's three, Florida State is four, Washington is five, and Oregon is six. The first five teams there, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington, they're all 8-0. But we know that Ohio State and Michigan play each other. So if these all run the table, it looks like we could have our first ever all four college football semifinalists as undefeated 13-0 teams. Will it happen? Probably not. Somebody's going to get beat. And we know the Ohio State-Michigan loser might be out. Last year they weren't because the game was so close. Both of them ended up making the playoff. But this year, assuming Washington runs the table, which is not a given at all, if Washington runs the table and finishes as a 13-0 Pac-12 champion and Florida State finishes as a 13-0 ACC champion and the Ohio State-Michigan winner finishes as a 13-0 Big Ten champion and Georgia is a 13-0 SEC champion, yes, 
those are going to be your four teams in the playoff. There's not even going to be a discussion. But so many things can happen. It is so early. If we knew what was going to happen, we'd be rich. But we don't, and we don't know what's going to happen. They might all lose a game, and then we might have eight teams with one loss. You just you do not know. But this is we'll see how it plays out. Ohio State got there based on their schedule. The fact that they beat Notre Dame and beat Penn State. They have the two best wins. Washington has the best overall win beating Oregon, but Ohio State has the two best wins. Georgia hasn't beaten anybody, but you can only play who's put in front of you. And Georgia playing in the other division in the SEC, unfortunately, they're not going to have a tough game until the SEC championship. We know Michigan and Ohio State play. Florida State, you would think like, oh, well, they're in the ACC. They're going to have to deal with Clemson. Well, they already beat Clemson, number one. And number two, Clemson, that win over Clemson isn't even really a good win anymore considering Clemson has four losses. So I don't see Florida State getting beat in the ACC at all. I I mean, Georgia could get beat and Washington could get beat. But I definitely think... Florida State and the Ohio State-Michigan winner are going to be two of your locks for the college football playoff this year at 13-0. Because whoever wins that Ohio State-Michigan game is going to just blow doors on who comes out of the other side for the Big Ten championship. I mean, it's a joke right now. Iowa still has a chance. I think if I think Iowa controls their own destiny. Can you imagine if Michigan plays Iowa in the Big Ten championship? They're going to be favored by five touchdowns. It's going to be that bad. Maybe four. Maybe it'll be like 28 or 30 points, but it's going to be ridiculous. So I know everyone likes sometimes getting fired up. Oh, we should be, you know, Michigan fans. Why are we three? Why aren't we two? It doesn't matter. Everything's going to play itself out. There's no reason to get worked up over the first college football playoff rankings. Some numbers to talk about in the NFL, and this is really interesting, and I don't know if I put the jinx on it or what. Remember three weeks ago when I said that statistic that since the beginning of last year, teams that played the San Francisco 49ers the next week, they were like 1-17 in since the beginning of last year. Do you realize ever since I gave that stat, <laughs> those teams are now 3-0? and <laughs> So I gave that stat right before the Niners-Cowboys game. So then technically you're supposed to bet against the Cowboys the following week because they're not going to win the game. They ended up beating the Chargers. Well, that week the Niners played the Cleveland Browns. The week after, the Browns won in Indianapolis. And then that week the Niners played the Minnesota Vikings. And then... Who did the Vikings play this past week? The Packers, and they won. So who did the 49ers play this week? The Bengals. The Bengals host the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football this week. So now, is it going to go the other way? Is it going to go like, well, now after you play the Niners, you end up winning your next game. I don't know. But ever since I gave that stat, it has basically done a 180. The opposite has happened three straight games. And honestly, I love the Bengals this weekend. I'm already telling you right now, it's going to be one of my plays. I just don't think the Buffalo Bills are what they were. I think the Bengals have found whatever they were missing at the beginning of this season. 
to go into San Francisco and win by 14, I know they were on a two-game losing streak, the Niners, but they dominated the Niners. And now they're coming home and laying less than a field goal against a team that they beat on the road in bad weather in Buffalo last year in the playoffs? Give me the Bengals. They might even be the best bet of the week. I haven't determined if they're going to be my best bet or not, but they are definitely one of my plays. So you can put it in now if you want. So, and maybe that way, and if they win, that continues the streak. That'll be four weeks in a row. The week after playing the Niners, the team won their game, which didn't happen for the previous 18 games, or it was like 1-17, in 17, like I said. Craziness. I think I jinxed it. <laughs> but, hey, if I'm betting the Bengals this weekend, I hope I jinx it in my favor, and it keeps going because I think the Bengals have found it. I don't know if you remember this. The Bengals were 4-4 four and four last year, and then they finished 12-4. and four. Do you remember they won their last eight games of the season? So... Actually, they might have won more than eight in a row because I think they got they were either three and four or two and four. They might have won their last ten last season. Let me look. No, they were four and three, and then they lost to the Cleveland Browns thirty two thirteen to go to four and four. And then they finished with eight wins in a row. Carolina, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, New England, Baltimore. And remember they only played sixteen games because that Buffalo game in week seventeen, that was the DeMar Hamlin game. And basically, this week's game is back to the, I don't know what you want to call it, the scene of the crime, for lack of a better phrase. But remember, week 16, that was Monday Night Football, Buffalo at Cincinnati. And that's when DeMar Hamlin had his cardiac incident, and they basically canceled the game. Well, now this is the first time back since then. So, And, and Cincinnati's just playing better. And that's why I like them uh, on Sunday night. But don't think that's not going to be brought up a hundred times in that broadcast about first time back since the DeMar Hamlin injury. The other thing I want to talk about, and I brought it up yesterday, but I have the exact numbers for you, is primetime football and betting the under. Night game unders are now 19-7 and this year. 60 and 29 the last two seasons. Any game played at night. So it's hitting 67% the under in any game played at night since the beginning of last year. Just on Monday Night Football, the unders this year on Monday Night Football are 9 and 1. 31 and 15 since 2021. So again, 90% this year betting the under on Monday Night Football. And 31 and 15, basically 67% since 2021. That's a pretty large sample size. I just don't even, I don't even know what to make of this. It's just, it's craziness. 19 and 7 this year. Night game unders. And I'm th- and this is the Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. So that's the prime. I said night games. I meant prime time. Sorry about that. But prime time unders in the last two seasons. 60 and 29. 60 unders, 29 overs. 67%. Now, tonight's game is a garbage matchup with Kenny Pickett against Will Levis. Don't even touch tonight's game. I'm rooting for the Steelers because I need them to hit my... 
season win total over eight and a half wins, but I'm not touching tonight's game. Neither should you. It's too ugly of a game. I have no idea. You know, you've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers offense all season long. They're god awful. The Tennessee Titans are breaking in a new quarterback. He's only making his second start ever, going up against a really good defense. Who knows? I just I would stay the hell away from tonight's game. So, unless you want to bet the under, since the under is nineteen and seven um, on Thursday, Sunday night, and Monday night this year. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review if you can. Tomorrow, going to have all your plays in college and pro football. You already know one of them. It's going to be the Bengals at home laying less than a field goal against the Buffalo Bills. And I'll have some other ones. I already have my college plays. I'm narrowing down which other pro plays I like. After coming off a 6-2 and two week in college, I've got 7-1-1 one one on my best bets in college. I know who my best bet is tomorrow. I'll tell you that. And... Had a really good week. All three underdogs won the game outright as seven-point or more underdogs. Am I going to continue that and they're going to win outright? Mm, probably not, and I don't think I'm going to have three for you either. Just going back to the well with three more. Um, I do like them plus the points, and I do think they can win, but it's always tough to pick somebody that's going to win outright. So I will have underdog plays for you, but I don't think I'm going to have three. I think I'm just going to have two tomorrow. But – I might find something overnight that I really like. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review if you can. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know. Tomorrow the picks are coming. I'm hitting about between college and pro this year. I think I'm at 56% for the year. Doing really well. Have some certain sections where I'm doing really well as well. So people that are friends and are interested in gambling and stuff like that, if they want to listen to my picks and tail them, that'd be great. So thank you all for listening. And remember, Sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See ya! You're the best around. Nothing's going on.